welcome everyone to the DC Beer Show. I am Jake. With me as always are Brandy and Mike. We are DC Beer across social media. Brandy, what are you drinking? Well, since I'm freezing in my heatless home, <laughs> I decided to crack open a, a doozy tonight. A very, very tasty doozy. This is uh, Unified Red. It's from Streetcar 82, which I don't think a lot of people know about Streetcar. It's a really great, very small brewery, um, Hyattsville in Maryland, and it's completely deaf-owned. Mark Burke and John Tetrano, they're over there just crushing it. And this is a, this is, it, it tastes big, but not really. It tastes like a nice, it tastes like a winter warmer, but it's a, a Imperial Irish Red Ale. Um, it has like toffee notes and kind of caramelly. It's like really nice and warm, it has a lot of flavor to it. It's, Clocks in at ten percent, so I'm not mad about it. Um, so that's what I'm drinking tonight. What do you What are you drinking, Mike? That's the way to warm up a heatless home, Brandy. Something that's big <laughs> and malty, an imperial <laughs> yeah. Irish red, a wonderful malt bomb. I am also drinking a wonderful malt bomb from Hopworks Urban Brewery. I have bourbon barrel aged, abominable winter ale. Uh, it's eleven point. Awesome. It's wonderful. It's eleven point three. <laughs> I love that can. Eleven point three, but it drinks like ten percent. You know, uh-huh. it's a real. <laughs> but, Mike, is is that beer from Portland, <laughs> Oregon? This beer is from Portlandia. How? how beer is from Portland, Oregon. How did it come to the DMV? Well, Jake, I could tell you, but I'd have to malt bomb you. Uh, no, so. <laughs> It came to me uh, via Bruvana. I was doing uh, so. The reason I missed the last podcast, dear listener, so sorry to not give you myself to just have Jake and Brandy hog the last pod. But I did a presentation, and so they sent me this box of beer in the mail, and I got this wonderful beer from Portlandia. Um, so they, you know, uh, Tavor, 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 halftime beverage. There's all these. These uh, online shops that will bottle shops in real life that will send you beer if you order it online. So typically this beer wouldn't be here in D.C., but um, it's a wonderful beer. You know, locally, check out Streetcar 82 for this wonderful uh, unified red. You know, we see uh, the Scotch Ale, uh, what is it, Full Tweed Jacket coming down from Silver Branch. D.C. Brow has their Stone of Abruth. Uh, barrel aged scotch ale. There's all these wonderful malt bombs. The uh, Vin de Cereal, the, the sourly wine, sour barley wine from Right Proper. La Flaneur. Uh, La Flaneur, oh. exactly. Yes. So, you know, it sucks that I've had to salt uh, the sidewalk like 10 times in the last <laughs> 10 days. But hey, we're getting it in with our yes. 10 and 11% winter ales. Jacob, yeah. what are you drinking? I have here a tiny malt bomb in that it's only 5% ABV, um, but it is New Glarus's Two Women Lager. Um, the two women being um, Deb Carey, who some of you may have seen in person at the Smithsonian at an event, I believe, in 2018 or 2019. And the other woman is uh, the woman behind Weirman Malting. The German maltster um, that provides you Sabine Weiermann. Yeah. If you have not seen Sabine Weiermann, uh, follow her on Instagram. She is by far the flashiest, uh, most posh maltster 
you've ever seen in your life. Brandy, you will adore her page. Check out Sabine Weiermann. Um, she's just styling and profiling everywhere. She's a little bit of Soho, a little bit of Berlin, a little bit of, you know, classic old school uh, Bavarian Alp, uh, Alp hiking. You know, she's just so stylish. And um, it's hilarious uh, to have this wonderful can now. Did you? Did your new Glarus beer come from a can or a bottle? This oh is my now gosh. coming from a can as opposed to the 12-ounce brown bottles. Um, they got themselves a fancy new canning line a couple of years ago. If you're in the Madison airport, um, they're now selling 12 packs at exorbitant prices. Um, this one comes <laughs> from my brother-in-law because he lives in... Milwaukee, and he likes Port City and DC Brow, and I like New Glarus, and so we can work something out. I also like New Glarus and DC Brow and Port City, and he likes those <laughs> things too. <laughs> yes, well, exciting news from Port City. Uh, they are going to be re-releasing for their 11th anniversary uh, in February here. They are re-releasing Colossal 1. So every year on their anniversary, they release Colossal 1, Colossal 2, Anniversary 4, Colossal 4, so on and so forth. And this year is a reissue of Colossal 1, which we are super excited about. Many people are pumped for it. You know, it's just the right beer for the for this time of year. It's a big uh, imperial stout. You just rhymed. I'm a poet it's and right I didn't even... It's the right beer for this time of year. Anybody occur got a to me. <laughs> no more rhyming. I mean it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so sorry we're very excited. No, no, it's all good. We're very excited for Port City. Um, what other things are we looking forward to? And well, I was going to say, about? Mike, is that beer warm weather? Is Port yeah. City's Colossal One brewed with Belgian yeast? It is. is it, it is. In it, fact, does it use the Vest Vestmal strain? It does, in fact, use that so strain of it's, yeast. It's an imperial stout with these very um, sort of English ingredients, or traditionally English, except the yeast. Mm, that's and the switch. I think that for those of you planning far ahead, you may see some of that in a 1-8 distilling, either bourbon or rye barrel. Um and then you might see the results of that beer released at DC Beer Week 2022, Boundary Stone Battle of the Barrel-Aged Beers. This is wild speculation without some kind of insider knowledge here. Right. This, Jake, is, an, but... this is just entirely me spitballing. Wait, are you telling me that Jake doesn't see the future? Because pretty sure he does. <laughs> he did. He's going... <laughs> He actually told me it is going to snow again, which I was really upset about. Um, but, you know, he looked into his crystal ball. He read his tea leaves. You are going to are. take a Motrin <laughs> after Jake, you saw the weatherman, be, too. Be, before or after shoveling. <laughs> oh, yes. Motrin me. Motrin me, bro. All right. Um, so you asked what, was, what else was coming up. Maryland's newest brewery, um, Pariah which actually started in San Diego, is about to open in Baltimore. Um, the Pariah folks, um, some of them are from Baltimore, and so they'll be opening at some point in the next couple of weeks. Mm, that's exciting. Right? Did, did you know? But in, indeed, oh. here, here we are. One more brewery within Mark Train driving distance. It's not too, too far 
from um, Union at all. I believe it is, in fact, even in the old Union Brewing space. So. Oh, yeah. I like that little area over there. Yeah. Right by um, Woodbury Kitchen, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Just around the corner. Woodbury Kitchen. Um, yeah. The original Danger- Dangerously Delicious Pies is there. The Charmer Ice yeah. Cream is there. A couple of distilleries. I've been to Baltimore in a long time. I mean, I haven't really been anywhere. I think I've <laughs> right. turned into a sad hermit because I used to be the one that was like, guys, this is going on. This and this and this and this. Listen to this. And now I have no idea. I have nothing to contribute. Not I think like... I'm just tur- my, my outgoing bubbly personality is just turning into an old crotchety hermit lady yeah. with 80 layers of clothes on. No, you, like you said, like you haven't <laughs> been to Baltimore. I haven't been to Northwest, like D.C., Ah, I can't tell you the last time I was outside of Northeast D.C. Yeah. Oh, I went to Bright Proper a couple months ago. Yeah, a couple months ago. (laughs) But, yeah. If the Bright Proper in Brookland was open during the week, I would go there. Hint, hint. But, you know, they're not, in case you were wondering. Still love you guys, though. For those of us uh, who don't know D.C., there are four quadrants, right? Northwest, northeast, southwest, and southeast, right? And so what Jake is saying, when Jake says he hasn't been to northwest, that's like, you know, somebody in Brooklyn being like, I haven't been to Manhattan in 36 months, Um, you know, to orient our uh, New York listeners. Speaking of listeners, we are going to get into our interview now with Mani, who is the founder of Urban Garden Brewing, um, DC's newest. Yay! Shout out to Mani. Mani. Shout out to Urban Garden. Whoop whoop. Um, she is the first, the first female-owned, woman-led, black-owned brewery in DC history. So it's really quite Damn, remarkable that's a title. what she's doing. Damn, how about that? (laughs) Love that. Superlatives just out the wazoo. Um, The first streaming uh, artist to have a beer come out in support of her single before she opened Urban Garden Brewing. I mean, superlatives for days. Um, And she is known as the Vibe Queen because she is constantly putting out good vibes. So tune in, check out our interview, and we'll see you after the jump. Hello, DC Beer family. Thanks for joining us today. I am thrilled to have an interview with Imani Tate Collier. She is the vibe queen, traveling beer babe, and most recently founder of Urban Garden. Imani, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Um, So we last checked in with you uh, before you had opened Urban Garden. Um, we're going to talk about Urban Garden. I want to know more of it, but I'm actually going to use an interview that Brandy just completed last episode with uh, Black Brew Movement. Um, Charles was being interviewed by her, and, and she asked him, um, what are some of your favorite Black-owned breweries, brands, and beers? So Charles mentioned Crowns and Hops. Shout out to Crowns and Hops. But then he said his favorite story from last year. He said, I loved Imani's story from Urban Garden. If you hear her speak about how she got started homebrewing and how she's working with her family and just figuring this whole beer thing out to releasing a beer brand with her partner, I just love that story. It really speaks to me and Courtney, and she's just such a vibe to be around, and I really love that story. So tell us a little bit about the Urban Garden brewing story. Tell us your role in it. Tell us all about it. Um, (laughs) 
Thank you, Charles, for this kind words. I love Black Food Movement. Um, shout out. Uh, so, Urban Garden, yes. I, when I'm telling this story, like, I literally started it in my uncle's backyard. And I'll continue to tell that aspect and give it his props every day. Um, so, I basically came to my uncle's and I told them that, like, look, I want to start home brewing. I really want to get into this. And they were like, let's do it. Like, never heard of it. <laughs> Didn't even know it was possible to make it at home, but we're going to get it done. And it was actually really cool because um, simultaneously as all of this was happening, uh, someone that used to actually manage at my workplace had all this homebrewing equipment. And they were like, hey, I'm, you can just have it. <laughs> like, I'm done with this. You can just have it. So I actually got a big bulk of homebrew equipment just like that so it kind of just everything just kind of aligned took it all to my uncles they also bought like more stuff that I needed and then I just got into it but basically getting into it I kind of already knew that I wanted to do something bigger than just homebrew so off the bat I was already trying to master basic like um recipes and just you know making my friends and family taste them and do surveys and stuff like that and then now we're here. <laughs> yeah. Fast forward a few years, and now you are the owner of the, the newest Black-owned brewery in D.C., the first woman-led brewery in D.C. It's a, it's a very big deal uh, for our brewing scene. Um, and you launched during a global pandemic, no less. So I feel like, you know, uh, Buku sna <clears throat> snaps to you for, for just being here, for just existing. But then beyond that, you've had some successes. So tell us a little bit, you know, since opening, what what have you found successful? What's been challenging? Tell us a little bit about how Urban Garden's been doing in the short time that you've been open. Okay, I guess I to start with the challenges first. I would definitely say the licensing process was the, the hardest, <laughs> the hardest thing to do. Um, it took forever. It, it was almost discouraging. I, I just think they do a really good job at discouraging people <laughs> to start start, start businesses. Um, so that was a challenging part, but I would say the positive part is just all of the support um, that I've had with um, B&B Black Restaurant Week um, and just the way that they've like put us in touch with different classes and workshops to kind of help us get assistance with like the licensing process. Um, that was really great. And then you know, kind of off the bat, I really didn't, like, have to knock on doors. Like, when I first released, like, people were already wanted the beer. <laughs> so it was really awesome to just be able to, like, release and then to be able to, like, see a product that you started with homebrewing. And then fast forward years later, like, your your product is in the store. <laughs> so that was, like, one of the biggest success. Like, still surreal to me, but, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. Um, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, like yourself who uh, have the work experience, but are young, you know, young, younger people uh, really find that there are, um, you know, different barriers to entry just just as a young entrepreneur trying to open your shop. And it should be as eagle as easy as, hey, I'm here. I want to hang a shingle. What legal hoops do I have to jump through? Let me know. Da -da -da, done. But of course, it's a multi-step process and this gets left out a lot, you know, because quite frankly, it's boring. It's boring for you, the business owner. It's boring for the reader. I've tried to, I've tried to tell these stories, but my editors are just red line, red line, red line through the ink. Cause you know, 
it's a it's a struggle, but it's part of doing business, and that's just expected as you, the business owner, to just take that hit and keep keep on rolling. Um, but let's let's talk a little bit about some of your heroes. You know, you you wear many hats from from home brewing to commercial brewing now to you know being a small business owner. You've worked the hospitality, the management side of hospitality. Who are some of your heroes in these these several spaces that you occupy? Um, wow, well, I would have to say. I think this year, my <laughs> biggest hero has been um, the founders of the MV Black Restaurant Week. Um, shout out to them, Tate, AJ, um, Aaron, like, have literally just been so inspiring, especially AJ, um, the director at Serenata, just like watching this, like, bad shit, just <laughs> like own a beverage bar, so confident. She's like, believe in yourself, you know, like, you, you're, you're dope, believe in yourself. So people like them have definitely been, like, my heroes because, um, especially being in Black business, they've definitely reminded me that, like, the world is mine. Kick down the doors, screw the barriers, <laughs> go get it. So, and then just been supportive. Yeah. Well, so shout out to, yeah. to Black Restaurant Week, too. Um to AJ specifically, I think the first time I had noticed that, uh, so Crowns and Hops uh, were, were in DC for uh, for an event and you posted something online I had seen somewhere else. I think they brewed a beer in Baltimore and I was just like, oh, wow, like Crowns and Hops are here. Oh, like, did AJ do that? That's amazing. And then it was like, yeah, like she's doing a million amazing things. Like, how could you, yeah, like, you know. Literally um, so- a superhero, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so so check out um, uh, Black Restaurant Week, uh, DMVBRW. Uh, wonderful, wonderful stuff that's happening there. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of heroes locally and uh, who really have been putting in the work who don't always get the flowers. So um, shout out, shout out to everybody who who deserves uh, flowers. Um, so I want to know a little bit about um questions now we have some questions that that jake and brandy wanted me to ask and since i'm chairing the interview i've uh, i said sure let's do it um so jake wanted to know that uh, uh he had heard some talk of urban garden doing some distribution as well um is is any of that in the works and then the follow-up so, that's a that's a big one let's just go with that one yeah <laughs> that's the hardest one jake bringing the journalism with a capital j yeah i love it so as of right now, I think our biggest focus is the beer brand because for us, we want to really just like kind of focus on what it takes to basically have a brand, market a brand, distribute it, and then just build those um, relationships with the local retailers. Uh, so, yes, that's still one of our major goals, but, you know, we want to make sure we're taking stuff a step at a time and not trying to just like rush into things. <laughs> you know, uh, just to do it. But um, yeah, so just beer brand for now. And then um, we'll, we'll let y'all know when. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I know. It's funny because when we last spoke, it was uh, late January, a little bit later than this last year. And you're like, big things coming. And I was like, oh, for sure, no <laughs> doubt. And Jake was like, what does that mean? And I was like, I trust, just trust. Like, I trust, have faith. <laughs> and then boom, it came. And we were all, you know, wonderfully, pleasantly surprised and, and taken aback in the best way possible to say, yes, you got this. Let's go. So an easier question, is there a second beer in the works after Camelite? Is Camelite, you know, going to be the main focus? Tell us about that. So, yes, 
we do have um, another beer in the works. My goal is for it to release spring summer, but we also have a new like Camelite 2.0 that is brewing as we speak. Um, it's our first 30 barrels. So, you know, the first, yeah, the first Camelite was our, um, you know, limited edition, soft release. Like, we wanted to get it out to the public, get the feedback. So now we have Camelite 2.0, uh, complete rebrand. The labels are different. Everything is, um, yeah, super excited for that. And then following that, we are going to release a IPA. <laughs> I, hear, I hear everybody talking about how. I released the blonde deal for my first day. I was like, no, I got an IPA coming. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So the second batch of Camelite is is coming down the pike, and that's a 30-barrel batch, which is – is that bigger than the first batch one, the oh, initial batch? Huge. The, the first batch was only five barrels. So, so – yeah, Wow. Six, six yeah. times larger for the for the volume coming out. Excellent. Excellent. And then even further down the pike, we've got IPA. Yeah. I'm really wow. excited about that one. That's yeah. very exciting. We we are are super pumped, super jazzed to hear that. Um since so that kind of answers Brandy's question was upcoming beer projects slash releases. Well, we got to we got to the releases um, projects. You are a, a multi-talented. You're a, tri- a triple or a quadruple threat. I, I've lost count <laughs> at all the mediums: visual medium, storytelling, uh, music, of course. Um, yes. Tell us about projects you're working on that are in the works that are coming. So I am currently working on my like outside of beer. I'm working on my EP, and I'm really excited about that. Um, but again, taking my time, I'm hoping to release that by the end of the year with maybe like a little limited edition brew to go with it, you know, keep it fun and funky. Um, other than that, I really, as like, the, I don't know if we're ever going to get out the pandemic, but it really kind of like stopped like what I was doing with traveling very big. I just feel like I haven't been able to literally travel and drink beer and like interview people. So I really hope by spring I can start picking back up the traveling beer babe. I have a <laughs> I have interviews that are just like sitting that I haven't like released yet. So you know just hoping to get all of that, you know, back up and running would be great. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say it's, it's been remarkable. All of the output you've had both in beer, um, music, you know, just, just following, uh, the feeds on social media, you, you've really done a lot in a, in a very short period of time. So credit where it's due. <laughs> um, so we talked about some of the most challenging aspects, some of the most rewarding aspects about running a small beer brand in DC. Um, is there anything else the DC beer audience should know? Any questions I didn't ask you that you'd like to address to the audience? Uh, DC, I would say that I think that I'm, I'm actually really happy to be in this space and also shout out to the other um, black on worries in the DMV area. But I do just like want people to know that, you know, gender bias does exist. Um, you know, uh, the racial inequality does exist within the industry. And I think DC has done a, I think the DC Beer Collective has done a good job in like, you know, being inclusive and actually love the DC Beer community. But I would say that we still have a long way to go. And um, it really just takes all of us, you know, you know, even as consumers, like, 
go into those beer shops, challenge them. Hey, do y'all own any black-owned beer, any woman-owned breweries here? <laughs> like, you know, and I feel like the more people are aware, it, it just helps all of us, you know. Um, yes, that's really my piece, you know. <laughs> oh, well said. That That's that's a great um, assessment of the scene. We've done well, but there's a ton of work to do, and that's on us. That's on everyone to do, and it really is work. <laughs> Um, and, and, and that's on us absolutely to get into the shops and say, Hey, how many black owned breweries do you, do you sell? What's, what's going on with, with the women led, uh, wines and, and makers of color. Let's see. Well said, well said. And that's, and that's for everywhere. It's a beer, wine and spirits, because there's a lot of black owned spirits in the DC area as well. You know, just trying to be seen and and trying to get their name out there. So we can all do it together. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Absolutely. Well, Imani, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. We look forward to Camelite 2.0 and the next batch after that. Yep. Keeping everybody uh, in beer, in music, in good vibes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, DC Bear. Appreciate y'all. And thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. And thank you, Imani. Hell yeah. So What's up, Brandy? Queen for a super, super woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be her new nickname, Superwoman. Superlative. <laughs> yeah, you know, Brandy, it's funny. I led in our interview with um, the words that Charles had given you during your interview with, with Black Brew Movement. Um, yeah. You know, I just... I felt like Charles' uh, summary of Imani's journey um, to where she is now as, as you know, small business owner is is so accurate. So um, shout out to Black Brew Movement, Urban Garden, Sankofa, Soul Mega, uh, Patuxent, um, Joy Hound, um, any other Black-owned breweries in the district metropolitan area that I have left off um, for shame for me. But... To Imani's point, we have to get out there. We have to say, hey, beer retailer, what black-owned breweries do you sell? Hey, wine shop owner, you, you got any women-led wines and, and uh, spirits from from makers of color? What are we what are we looking at here? Yep. Shout out to Uncle Nearest Whiskey. She's just so inv- inviting. She just grabs you by her energy and then just talks to you and makes you love everything. You know, she's oh, so great. I, she's going to... She's going to kill it. Yeah. In a good way. <laughs> she's, she's crushing it. Yeah. Thanks for the interview, Mike. That was, that was good. Yeah. My pleasure. My pleasure. You know, it's, um, it's a time of year where everybody's cold and chilly, but we're going to, we're going to pick our heads up from our pillow and it'll be May and it'll be hot and steamy. So looking forward to warm weather, drinking beer outside with all y'all and the vibe queen again. <laughs> yeah. Or you can drink <laughs> beer in cold weather under a heat lamp. Oh, that That's sounds better. True. <laughs> I'm yes, just saying, but like, we have yeah. we have options. Point is, drink beer. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, and DC's got a new yeah. um, mask vax policy. Um, please treat staff with dignity and respect. They're trying their best. Oh my gosh. Um, they did yes. not ask to be the mask and vaccine police. Be nice to them. Yeah, we'll get we'll get through this again. Again. <laughs> <Question mark. laughs> We will. We can and we uh, will. Until then. We'll, we'll do hard things because we do them every day and things will get better. Um, and yeah, you know, be kind to your server. Tip big. As we've been telling you for the last 36 months, tip big, <laughs> please. Um, or if you're frequenting an establishment like Pizzeria Paradiso, who has done away with tips, 
uh, order a ghost item if you have the means, you know? <laughs> um, just be I, really nice. Just be super kind. Yeah. Yeah, on that note, we are at DC Beer across social media. I assume that you all are at home drinking or drinking outside or responsibly drinking in a brewery, socially distanced, wearing masks when you're not drinking. Tag us. We're at DC Beer on social media. And hey, watch DC Or shoveling your sidewalk. Yeah. Like Mike. <laughs> Tag us when you're shoveling. Show us popping those Motrin. That's right. Aw, bye, y'all. Uh, you all right. buddy. See you in a little bit. <laughs>